Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, it's it's gone. 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 Gone for a touchdown. It doesn't get any better. Than- what is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Baseball season is in effect, but baseball's a long season. The NFL draft only happens once a year. 162 games of baseball, one NFL draft. So today we are back with, I believe this is Mock Draft 2.0. When I say we, I mean me, myself, Jeremy Schneider, and my esteemed guest, Jackson Powers. How are we doing today, Jeremy? Oh, fantastic. Ready to ready to cook up a little mock. I'd like to oh, I'd yeah. like to give a shout out to to the app mockout. Thank you for being the only service that works. I would like to um the Renter Podcast would like to, as an organization, denounce PFF. We already didn't really care for them in terms of their statistics, and now that their engine is virtually unusable, it's just, yeah, we're off PFF. Not a, not a PFF family over here. No, by no means. So how we're going to do this is, if you listened last time, I believe the structure is very similar. We're going to alternate picks in terms of evens and odds. We're going to switch it around a couple times to accommodate for our team's so we can pick for our own teams. But yeah, that's kind of all there is to it, right? Sounds sounds good to me. Um, okay, so I'm on the clock with the first overall pick, Carolina Panthers, and I've gone back and forth on this. I, I'm really not sure what they're going to do. A lot of the hype was Stroud. Richardson makes some sense, but I'm I'm going to go Bryce Young. I think they're going to take Bryce Young, and I think that's the correct pick. Um, he's just such – he's just by far the most pure, complete player of those quarterbacks right now. Maybe the upside's a little limited with his frame, but he he's, to me, the best quarterback in this draft. Um, I think he probably has a better chance to have an immediate impact if Carolina's trying to go all in. Not all in. They're trying to win early versus, I think – Richard, the other three might not mess, especially Richardson and Levis. I don't think you can plop them in and have ample success. I I like Bryce Young to Carolina, although I I really could see it going three different ways. Yeah, um, I like that pick. This is this pick right here is kind of why I wanted to go evens, um, because it's a little bit weird. I am not going quarterback here at two. I am having Houston take Bryce Young's Alabama teammate Will Anderson. Um, and the reason for that is what I am hearing is that the Texans want to go defense at two and then move up from 12 to go quarterback. And I, I've heard a couple different things as to whether or not Will Anderson is actually the best defender on their board. I, I have heard Tyree Wilson's name in that conversation. I don't know how they feel about Jalen Carter. Uh, but to me, I, I really do think that they're going to go defense at two. And my guess would be that it's Anderson there. Uh, I think Anderson is really good. I did a YouTube video about him. Uh, He creates pressure in a lot of different ways. He's a little bit undersized, but it does not affect his play strength. His play strength, her body weight is like generational. Uh, I don't think he's an incredible tackler, but he's someone that I think is going to be an effective piece in both the pass rush and stopping the run. And I think if he is the first defender on your board, especially with all the Jalen Carter stuff, I can't blame that. And taking him at two, if you aren't in love with a lot of the other quarterbacks, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, fair enough. So I'm on the clock, three, Arizona. 
but it's possible Arizona moves back. So you're evens, you're manning the evens team. I guess the, I mean, I'm trying to see a good trade fit from the evens. Um, yeah, from an, I, I, I guess you could have uh Houston move up from 12. Good. I think, or, or if you want to stay, if you want to stay in the odds, Tennessee, I think is a pretty likely team to trade. You know what? For the sake of, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make a deal with Tennessee. Um, nice. I won't. I don't feel the need to elaborate on the compensation outside of it. I mean, I'm sure it'll include future first, so on and so forth. But just for the sake of this exercise, I'm gonna simply swap it Tennessee, and then let me swap Tennessee for Arizona. There. Um. So Tennessee now in the third spot. They're making this move for a quarterback, and I will be selecting Anthony Richardson. Um, he ha- He's the toolsiest guy. That's all there is to it. And the Titans are kind of in a weird spot in terms of they're not bad, but they kind of haven't been able to get over the hump, and it feels like they're on a downward trajectory. So if you know if they're struggling this year, if they can't get it done, so be it. It could be the kind of thing where you you start, you know, obviously Tannehill starts the year, but if it goes poorly, you you let Richardson get in there. And and he, it's just worth it because a guy like Richardson can extend your window. The rest of the team may go down, but when you find a franchise, just in general, finding a franchise quarterback can kind of negate most of that. Um, and so I think as they're kind of moving down, if they were to go quarterback, I think Anthony Richardson's a really good fit. Um, I mean, it's it. He's been talked about enough. He's a dynamic playmaker, an incredible arm. It's just a matter of improving some of his decision making, some footwork, and kind of just getting more acclimated. He, you know, compared to to Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, some of these other guys, he didn't have as much college experience necessarily. The tools are there. Um, and so I, I think if Tennessee's moving up here, they're going to go swing for the highest upside, and that's Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I, I like that pick. And I think with Indy at four here, it makes things a little bit tougher on them because I think they would have liked Richardson. That Shane-Steichen combination, I think, would have been really dangerous. But you have to still go quarterback if you're Indianapolis, and I'm going to have them take my quarterback one, C.J. Stroud. Um, I think that he is the best pocket passer in this class. And if you want to dispute all that with the the S2 test stuff that's recently come out between him and Bryce Young, I get that. But I personally don't take that into much account because on tape, I do think Stroud is a more mentally processed and calculated passer. I think Bryce Young has him in the sense like I trust him more to make second reaction and out of structure plays. But I think Stroud is better pre-snap. I think he's a better decision maker. Um, He's certainly more accurate. And I think if he goes into the right spot in the league, he has every opportunity to become a premier pocket passer. I really like Stroud. And then obviously that Georgia tape did not hurt his stock. Showed he does have the ability to create plays when things kind of collapse. He... Is he has not really been known as a very out of structure guy, but but that Georgia game kind of showed. I think that he is more mobile than he probably played like at Ohio State. I really like Stroud, and if you're Indianapolis, you probably wanted a guy with a little bit more athleticism. Uh, but you're not taking him over. You're not taking Levis over Stroud. 
I, I think you're kind of settling for him right there, even though I really like him. I just don't think it's an incredible fit. Yeah. Um, I'll be trading the fifth pick for nothing of compensation, and I'll be letting my good friend Jackson pick for his Seattle Seahawks. All right. Seattle Seahawks right here. Um, If you take a look at their depth chart, there are currently two healthy interior defensive linemen that are employed by this team. Uh, They really need help in that area. And the way they're going to do that is to pick the best one off the board and the best player in this class, Jalen Carter. I understand there's been a ton of character concern stuff. And obviously I am not in the building for any of these interviews. So I don't really know the full extent of it, but I think Seattle is a place where on multiple occasions, they have drafted guys with character concerns and turned them into locker room guys. Frank Clark and Jaron Reed, I think, are great examples of that. I would not be surprised if Jalen Carter kind of follows suit with that. This defensive line to me is a, I, I really raise an eyebrow to it, but I mean, they're they're throwing talent at the problem. Signing Draymond Jones in the offseason and matching him with Jalen Carter, I think, is a really sweet solution. Uh, to me, on tape, he's the best player in this class. And I think if you're Seattle, this is a pick that you – this should be the number one guy on your draft board. And then are you you are you going for six? No, you you can have six. I'll give you a little three run. Okay. Um, for pick six, I am going to have Detroit select Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. I think that he is someone who belongs into when, – when we talk about, like, the generational prospects of this class, it's like – Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Bijan Robinson gets thrown into that. I think Christian Gonzalez should absolutely be in that conversation. This dude's hips are absolute butter. He fits every size concern that you may have. Long arms. He's tall. I think he's around 6'2", if I'm not mistaken. Really fast, really fluid player. He's good in man press coverage. And he's also not a bad zone mover, not a bad tackler in the running game. I really have next to no questions with Gonzalez. And if you're Dan Campbell... I, I have thought about trading back with this pick uh, because I think that there are better fits for Dan Campbell. Uh, but at this point, I, I think similar to the Seattle situation, you need to just throw talent at the problem. And to me, Gonzalez is by far the best cornerback in this class. Uh, Dan Campbell loves to run this like press heavy cover one man scheme. And you need guys who can turn their hips like that. You need guys who are quick and can keep up with a go route. I think Christian Gonzalez is the best guy to do that. He's the best cornerback in this class. And honestly, I I haven't made a big board yet. I think he would probably end up somewhere in the top four-ish on my big board. I am very high on Gonzalez. Yeah, fair enough. So I'm back on the clock. I had a little, little break. I'm here with Las Vegas. And I'll preface this by saying this is not what I would do. I do not think that this is the direction to go exactly. I do not think this is the guy to go with. Um, but I'll be selecting Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. I can see some of the hype. You know, he's a big guy, good athlete, can make some some pretty sick throws. Um, but he, I watch a lot. I've watched him throughout his college career, and I just never saw good NFL quarterback. I don't think. I don't know. There, there's arm talent there, but I just. I don't even know how to really evaluate it. He just, to, to me, I don't think he's, I think he's significantly below the tier of Young, Stroud, and Richardson. I think Young and Stroud are kind of safe prospects. I think Richardson is the guy with upside that I think actually is more toolsy to get it done. I'm just, I'm not a Levis guy, but 
I think in this spot, the way that Vegas has set themselves up, they have Jimmy Garoppolo for some reason, um, unbeknownst to me. With with a quarterback on the board here, I think it I think it lines up to make sense. But I'm I'm not a Will Levis guy by any means. I uh, I'm beginning to regret my Gonzalez pick now because seeing Houston strike out on a quarterback is is rough to me. But but we're gonna make do. Let me select Levis and think. Okay, um, with Atlanta, I am I'm going to make a trade with another even team. I am going to have Atlanta trade back to pick 14 with the New England Patriots. And, and, and similar to earlier, I'm not going to specify the capital because I don't really know what that would look like. Um, but the Patriots are trading up to eight. And with that, they are selecting Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. I think this is a little bit of a weird pick to most, but the Patriots have never been known to be making conventional picks in the first round. Um, if you know anything about Skaronsky, almost everyone I think is projecting him to be a guard. I think that there are a couple teams that want him to be a tackle, and I would not be surprised if there's a couple teams that have him as the number one offensive tackle in this class. Because I think if you can overlook the arm length, he has a lot more than a lot of guys in this class. Uh, He has really good hand placement. I think his base is really good. He certainly has weaknesses. I think he gets beat around the edge a little bit too often. He needs to work on those like wide nine players. Excuse me, but... I think the Patriots are going to be one of the teams to select Peter Skaronsky because I, I, I'm I'm blanking on his name. It's Dante something, I believe. It's, it's their offensive line coach, who is now a Hall of Famer. Um, when he was asked about arm length in players, he said that does not matter and that is overrated. That is obviously Skaronsky's number one weakness. And I obviously am not in that Patriots locker room. I would really heavily bet that this is their number one offensive tackle on their board because he checks a lot of boxes that most of the other guys in this class don't. And if you're willing to overlook the arm length, I think that this is a a match made in heaven for them. I think this is going to be one of the few teams that's actually grafting him as a tackle and not a guard. And I think they're going to be willing to pounce a little bit more because of that. So that's, that's the route I have them going. Yeah, um, I can definitely see that. I, I, I think Skaronsky is definitely the best, regardless of guard, tackle. I, th- I think he's the best offensive line prospect in this class. Um, For me, I am on the clock with Chicago with the ninth pick, and I sent the pick in pretty quickly. I'm taking Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. He is... Like, the epitome of if you didn't know anything about the sport and you just looked at athletes entirely based off what they look like, you would think he'd be the best to ever do it. He's not quite the best to ever do it, but he's a physical freak. He He's strong. He's big. He's powerful. Um, he's, a, he's a little bit older for, than most prospects. I believe he's I, – I want to say he's already, like, 23 or he'll turn 23 by the draft, something like that. Um, but there's still, and, and he's not necessarily that super polished as a 23 year old, but he has all of the, the tools to be fantastic. You, you see him be able to make plays, not even just purely off of like bulldozing guys. He can get around. He has a strong swim move. I think he can probably develop his bag of pass rush moves even more. And I, I don't think that's a crazy thing to imagine him doing as he gets to the pros. He has all 
the profile in the world. And I mean, I, I said that about some other guys. I, you know, you say, it, but Tyree Wilson is the epitome of that. If he can, you know, add some more moves to his pass rush and just some different little things getting, you know, getting some better timing, he's going to be a stud and this will be a steal for Chicago. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick. You said it that that pick could not be cute and fast enough. On the uh, on the birthday thing with him, I, I just looked it up. He is turning twenty three on May twentieth. So by the time that the season actually gets rolling and stuff, he'll be twenty three. Okay. Um. Okay. With pick ten, Philadelphia is on the clock here, and this is another pick that I've queued in really fast. I'm going with another offensive tackle, but this one is going to be Ohio State's Paris Johnson Jr. I think in terms of just pure physical and athletic profile johnson is probably the best in that regard in this class he just lacks a lot of different nuances his hands are not very good a lot of times when he gets hands on a guy he's like hugging around from the outside instead of trying to keep his hands to the inside and get to that lower part of their shoulder pads um he doesn't have very good hand placement i think he needs to add a little bit of play strength in his upper body uh but to me the dude is He's what six foot six with thirty six inch arms. That's a crazy build, and not to mention he ran a sub five forty. The dude's a freak athlete, and if you can develop him, I, I think that he is going to come a long way in the NFL. And for Philadelphia, I think it makes a lot of sense because if you look at their roster, there aren't a lot of true holes right now, and the ones that are there, I don't think are worth top ten picks to replace. But what they do have is they have a lot of aging veterans. And a lot of that comes from their offensive line. Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey are good examples of that. Um, but the reason I really love this pick is because I trust the Philadelphia offensive line coaching staff so much that I would bet so much money that they could just take a high-level athlete and develop them into a stud. And I think for the sense of Philadelphia, you take the best physical profile and you work with it. And I think that the best physical profile in this class is Paris Johnson. So I, I think they're going to kind of start investing for their future. I think this is the way – oh, excuse me, burping a lot. I think this is the way to go for that. Yeah. It, it's interesting to see how Philadelphia is going to go because they don't really have a specific spot where you're like, we desperately need to draft this position. Mm -hmm. They can go – kind of best player available using some context of what you're not going to, if a quarterback's who they have is best available, they probably won't take a quarterback, but you, with context, best player available. Uh, I'm now on the clock with Arizona. They moved back and where they're at 11 and they might be able to take best player available just because it's a, they're bad. They're bad. They're going to get worse when DeAndre Hopkins is officially gone. Um, Buda Baker wants out. So I don't, you know, they're going to be not good moving forward. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to take Joey Porter, cornerback from Penn State. He is honestly one of my favorite prospects in terms of he is just so fun to watch. He's a press corner, good size. He's built very similarly to Sauce Gardner. Um, I think that he'll be able to transition pretty well into the NFL. Um, he... He's just one of those guys. Look, I'm J Jackson here is way more of the of the tape guy and getting down into it. But when you watch Joey Porter just at 
a base level, if you're just watching a Penn State game, he's always popped off the page. He definitely has places to improve. Uh, he gets too many penalties. He's definitely could use to cut down on that. Um, and it'd be nice if he got a little bigger because I believe he's weighing, I don't know what he officially weighed in, but somewhere around 190. Um, ideally, he'd probably like it to be closer to 200. But, man, that is... I, I think he's going to be a star. I think he's going to be fantastic. And I, you know, Arizona, he probably won't make a big impact on how Arizona does, but I think he's a great building block. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the sauce comparison is pretty good. Um, I We obviously didn't really get to see it as much this year because the Jets ran a lot of man coverage because why wouldn't you with that cornerback duo? Uh, but Sauce, I think, is a very smart mover in zone, and that was one of the first boxes that I checked with Joey Porter. Uh, one of the I, I I might have even said it on the last podcast. One of the things that I like to do is called the no stride test or the zero stride test, where it's basically like if a player takes zero strides in his game in in this specific area, what will he be? And if Joey Porter doesn't develop in man coverage at all, he is such a fluid zone mover. He puts himself in great position to where the quarterback would have to look off two different reads that come into his zone and freakishly long arms that really project well for a press corner. So I, I really like that pick. With Houston here, hate to see them strike out on a quarterback. Um, I, Happens to the I best of us, could have done it. Yeah, it, it does. I, I, if I could have done it differently, I would have had Detroit trade down from six, have Houston go up and grab Levis, and then have Detroit grab probably Witherspoon. Um, but we move. I am going to have Houston select Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, yet another Ohio State prospect that I've selected. I think that's the third on the day. Um, he is far and away the best wide receiver in this class for a lot of different reasons. He is nuanced in every single facet that you can think of, and he, he's just the, the very stereotypical Ohio State receiver in which they master all of his technique. Um, he's not a freak athlete by any means and I don't think he projects as like an outside receiver I, I could maybe see him getting some snaps at Z uh, but he's he's no X by any means and I think for the, the most part he'll be working out of the slot but he is every quarterback's dream and I see a lot of similarities between him and Cooper Cup where he can just collapse any zone defense that comes his way he's shifty enough to get separation against man coverage he's incredibly smart very quarterback friendly, adjust to the scramble drill really well. And I think this pick would especially be awesome if I gave them a rookie quarterback, but but oh well. Um I I love JSN. He was he was one of the guys that I did the draft crushes video on. Um I think there is almost no scenario where he doesn't insert himself as like a top 20 receiver in the league pretty quickly. I think he's gonna have a long career and lots of production. And I think whichever team is lucky enough to draft him, uh, he is going to put up a lot of yards and touchdowns for your team. So I, I love JSN to Houston here, especially with the Brandon Cooks trade. You know, I, I never really thought of it, but I like Cooper Cup as a comparison. I think there are a lot of similarities in the way their games are. I'm on the clock with my New York Jets. And I mean, I have a little bit of a dilemma because I really do think that the Jets are probably going to go offensive tackle or uh, but Skaronsky's off the board Paris Johnson's off the board and so then you have Broderick Jones Anton Harrison Darnell Wright kind of all his options but I just I don't love any of those at 13 um I think that a wide receiver 
could have been a play, but not after Smith and Jigba's off the board. And so that brings me back to what I think they should do, not what they probably will do. Um, and that's taking Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. He is, if you're taking out, you know, positional value, which he he's a safety, it's um, I wouldn't take him with a first with the first pick because safeties just might not necessarily mean that much. But he's the total package. Do not let his combine fool you. He is fantastic in every single facet. He's good in coverage. He's a, he can step up. He can play more of a box role. He's a fantastic tackler. He's a tenacious player. You watch him play, and he just stands out. He's played on some, you know, Alabama defenses. You have some pretty good players. You have Will Anderson, uh, Dallas Turner. There are a bunch of different DBs that'll get drafted. But you watch. Brian Branch pops off that page. He's hard-hitting, but it's not like, again, his 40 time was a little disappointing, but you watch him play, he doesn't play slow. Um, I mean, I, I can only say so many great things about Brian Branch. I love him, and the Jets should absolutely draft him because they got rid of LaMarcus Joyner, thank God, and I like them getting Chuck Clark, but Chuck Clark shouldn't deter you from taking... Brian Branch, or and Jordan Whitehead is really struggled his first year, and I think having that safety versatility could give them opportunities to possibly move on from Whitehead should he continue to struggle. And look, I mean, in this situation, I don't, I, I don't know. I just may maybe you feel differently, and it's not necessarily a knock on the other tackles here. It's just. I don't feel like it's worth taking those tackles when tackles kind of a need, but it's more of a need in the sense of depth and insurance less than that they mm-hmm. really, really need. Cause right now they have three capable tackles. Basically well, their starting lineup will probably have Becton and Mitchell left tackle and right tackle. Then you have Dwayne Brown as a third option, which you don't really want Dwayne Brown to come into the game, but is it worth reaching on a tackle here that you don't love? merely because Becton insurance. I think that's something you can maybe more look at in the second round. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm rambling on. Brian Branch, probably not what they will do, but it's what they should do. Yeah, I, I actually really agree with that last sentiment there. I think I think adding tackle at 13 for the Jets is more of for a sense of comfort because you worry a little bit about Makai Becton and it's like if he is not good or he goes down again, what do you have behind him? And I think that's a legitimate concern. You should be using early capital on a tackle if you're the Jets. But I think safety is more of like a true hole for them. And Branch, to me, is by far the best in the class. So, yeah, I like that pick. 14, I'm on the board with Atlanta because of the trade down. Um, This is going to be – hold on, let me, let me lock that Brian Branch pick in. Okay, this is going to be kind of – one of my risers of this class. And I think he makes a lot of sense for Atlanta. Um, I am going, I'm, I'm not totally sure how to say his Northwestern. name. I, I think it's, yes. Yes. Northwest. I think it's Adebore is, is Adebore, what I, I, have I believe. Where is he? I've got to find it. Oh, here we go. Yes. Adebore. Adebore absolutely core up this last combine and, we saw the late stage rising of Trayvon Walker last year, so much so that he went to the number one overall pick. And I don't have the tweet anymore, but I saw a tweet that came across my thing. And it's like, here are the things that Adebore beat him in. And it was like weight, speed, vertical jump, like like a lot of different athleticism 
traits at the combine. Adebore had Trayvon Walker in, and he was 10 to 15 pounds heavier. I think he is going to be a huge riser just because of his athletic profile. And you look at Atlanta's offseason, they're kind of just getting names into the building. I think that this is going to be that late stage riser that we saw out of Trayvon Walker. And obviously it's not going to be to the same degree because he's not going number one overall. He's going 14 in this mock draft, but that that's kind of how I feel about him. I, I haven't watched a ton on him, so I can't say that much, but this is, this is me calling my shot for, for how big of a riser he's going to be. I think the Packers could go a number of different ways with this pick. I think they have several holes and flaws that can be addressed. But something that I've kind of gone back to is the tight end position. And I've gone a little back and forth on which guy. Um, but I have him taking uh, Michael Mayer with the 15th pick. I, you know, if you prefer Kincaid over him, I, there, I'm not gonna, I don't feel super passionate about it to each their own. But uh, Mayer's just way more explosive as a pass catcher. He's big. He's athletic. He's just, he's more of a pure talent would be the way that I would put it. He, despite, I mean, Notre Dame had very inconsistent, not great quarterback play. He was consistently putting up numbers. He was their top target. He, I mean, there's just, he's, he's tough. There's really nothing more you can ask for out of a tight end. Um, He might not necessarily be necessarily the blocker that Kincaid is, but He's a dynamic piece, and assuming that Jordan Love is your quarterback moving forward, you want to give him as many weapons as possible, and I think here there's not really a receiver worth grabbing. Um, Tight end makes a lot of sense, considering I believe their tight end one right now is probably Josiah DeGuara, and I I don't think that is ideal. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was not listening. You, You went with Mayer here, right? I went with Mayer, yes. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, that's that's who I would have gone with. Uh, pick number sixteen. The Washington Commanders are on the board. I've mocked a couple different things to them, but I think with him still on the board at this point, I'm going to give them Devon Witherspoon. I am not the highest on him. He is my cornerback three or four right now. Um, I probably need to watch a little bit more on him. I've only watched one game on him so far. Uh, I'm not in love with Witherspoon, but I think he makes sense if you're getting him at pick sixteen. I think that's pretty good value, especially given there have already already been two other cornerbacks off the board and three if you really want to consider Brian Branch as like a slot corner. Witherspoon is a really good press coverage corner, and I think he would have made a lot of sense in Detroit, but Gonzalez is the much better player there, so I went with Gonzalez. Um, he's a really good press corner. I am worried a little bit about his off coverage because once he plays like bail technique – and he's kind of waiting for them to make a move. His reaction time is really late, and it often results in him getting beat over the top. Gives up a lot of explosive plays, but I think that's something that can be worked on. And Washington's cornerback room is not incredible by any means. They have a guy, Benjamin St. Just, St. Just. I'm not totally sure how to say his name. I think he's really good. I just think that they need other names in that building, and I think St. Just alongside Witherspoon could be a really, really solid duo. Um, so, yeah, that's that's who I'm going to go with. I, I could have gone Torrance. I think their interior offensive line needs some work. Um, but I think Weatherspoon is probably going to be the better player overall. Um, that's that's who I'm going to go with. Um, so I was kind of hoping that Weatherspoon would drop to the next pick. I'm with the Steelers, I think. It would have been nice to get 
get a cornerback. Their cornerback room is pretty pedestrian. But um, I think from there, their offensive line has been a problem the last couple of years. Um, there are a couple of guys I could pick from, but I think I'm going to go with Anton Harrison uh, from Oklahoma. You're an Anton Harrison guy, right? Not to a crazy degree, but he, he's one of the guys I have higher up in this class. Okay, so the thing about Harrison is Harrison is he's just an absolute dog. He he is a big guy. Um, not as, okay. I guess he's considering if you look at some of these other guys, like if you look at Dewan Jones and some of them other guys, he's not like impressively huge, I suppose. So I kind of set that up poorly. Um, but he's he's super athletic. Is is the difference? Is uh, he has the athleticism to be successful. I think that'll help him translate early on. Um. I don't really have a ton more to say because I'm I'm not I'm not your O-line guy, but I think tackle should be addressed here by the Steelers the way the board has fallen. And I think I don't think I mean, again, you're I'm I'm less qualified, especially I don't I really don't know a ton about offensive line tape. I don't like Darnell Wright. I don't think he's good. Um Yeah, I don't either. Between him and Broderick Jones, I mean it could it could go either way. Just I lean Harrison. Yeah, I, I think that was the right pick there. I, I really like Harrison because I think compared to a lot of guys in this class, he is by far the most technically sound and nuanced tackle. Um, His hand placement is really good. I, I think he has pretty solid play strength. Athletically, I don't think he's really that overwhelming. But kind of like you said, like every single offensive tackle in this class, it feels like is just massive with crazy speed. So his athletic profile is not bad by any means. I don't think it's just this, like, game wrecker at the NFL level, though. Um, I really like him because, like, if I had to bet on an offensive tackle to have a good rookie season or second season, it would be Anton Harrison because he is just so much more technically advanced than these guys. His pad level is good. His punch is really good. He's very good. He's a very good sealer in the running game. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. Pick 18. Detroit is back on the clock. They already grabbed Christian Gonzalez earlier. I was kind of hoping that Seattle would get this guy, and I could have had him trade up, uh, but I am not going to. I think this guy is going to be a pretty significant riser. I am going with Michigan's defensive lineman, Mozzie Smith. Um, I think that he fills a huge hole for Detroit. You saw that run game, especially early on in the season, was really pitiful, and I think it's because the interior of that defensive line is not very strong. Levi and Wuzurike was a prospect that I really liked, um, but I, I don't think it's really panning out for him. They obviously have their edge rusher set. Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston are beasts, uh, two rookie risers that I think are going to be a really scary duo for years to come. Uh, but you have to kind of fill that inside. You need someone who can two-gap. You need someone who can kind of close down the A, eat space, take on double teams. They didn't really have that. And Mozzie Smith is by far the best guy to do that in this class. The reason I say he's going to be a riser is because I think that position is getting more valued between the kind of pendulum swinging towards the run game a little bit more again. With teams running lighter and lighter boxes, more nickel as opposed to base, uh, the linebackers are getting smaller. The NFL is a cyclical league, and I think it's starting to head back into the direction of running the ball is more of the advantageous thing to do. Um, and you you need run stoppers. You you need guys who, like I said, you can you can two gap, you can eat up the A. Um, 
Mozzie Smith is the guy to do that. He disengages with violence and force, and I don't think he offers a ton right now as a pass rusher, but his athletic profile is good enough that I think there's something that could be added there. He probably needs a little bit more lower body strength, um, but I really like Mozzie Smith. He's going to be a riser to me because but the main reason I think he's going to be a riser, if Jordan Davis can sneak into the first round, I think Mozzie Smith could definitely sneak into the back end of the first round. He's no Jordan Davis, but he fills a similar role. And this is probably on the much grander side of his expectations. But I, I think he is going to be a first-round pick, and I think he fills a hole for Detroit. So that's where I'm going to go with. Fair enough. Um, so I'm on the board with Tampa, another team that I think could go a lot of different ways, has a lot of holes. Um, I'm going to go... I think Tampa probably realizes that they're going to have to not necessarily tear it down, but reload a little bit. So they're going to swing on some upside. They're going to take uh, Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher from Iowa. Van Ness, it's interesting that he's getting this. You know, he's probably going to be a first-round pick, despite he, he really ha- did not play very much at Iowa. Iowa been, has been a really good defensive team over the last several years. But it's he, it's not necessarily that he's been a catalyst. When he's been when he's played, he's he's a he's a strong athlete. Um, he's over you know he's he has good strength, and you watch him and you're like okay I see it a little bit. But then you're also it's just without those consistent reps. Like when you look in some of those bigger games, he wasn't nec- he he hasn't shown himself to be a game wrecker like that. Like I want to say. Like when they he went up against Ohio State, those guys it didn't you didn't really see him. He kind of disappeared, and it just feels like there's a lot technical wise that he has to improve on. But he just has the profile to give it a chance, and so Tampa Bay swings for that. I don't know if it's necessarily what I would do, but I think at 19, it's it's not a bad it's not a bad gamble. Yeah, I agree, especially for a team like Tampa Bay, where it's like they're probably not going to be good anytime. One of the weird things about Van Ness is it puts you in a weird position as to like where you want to throw him on the line because he, in the Ohio State game, like he lined up literally everywhere. He lined up at zero technique at nose and then would line up at wide nine. And he probably doesn't have the athleticism to where you could quite do both of those. You kind of have to figure it out, but I think they have the time to make that happen. Uh, with Seattle at 20, I am the, I, I feel like this pick is more wishful thinking because I don't think that Seattle really hey, look, values I, I took Brian interior. Branch. I don't, think, I don't think the Jets are going to take Brian Branch, so you're more than welcome to wish. It's true. <laughs> this is this is the pick that I would do if it came if I was the the GM of the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going with Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Um, I think in terms of a pure blocker, he is one of the best, if not the best, interior offensive lineman in the class. Good sealer in the run game, good hands. The only issue I have with him is his ability to kind of like pull if you're running a lot of pulls. And I honestly, I'm not too sure how much Seattle does this. I could be wrong. I think they like to pull their tackles more than they like to pull their guards. Um, Torrance's speed, I don't think is quite up to the standard if you're like a trap running scheme like the Jaguars. I don't think he makes a lot of sense for the Jaguars. Um, but for Seattle, I have seen just too many Gabe Jackson ineligible man downfields. They need to make a serious attempt at developing a good interior offensive line. And I think that's step one, Osiris Torrance. I wouldn't be surprised if they like some of the centers in the class, but this is the direction that I would go in. 
Yeah, I mean, wishful thinking. That's all we can really do, right, man? All right, so I I could have penciled this in probably before we started unless we had some sort of surprise team swoop in, but it's it's Zay Flowers. It was never not Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers to the Chargers has been hyped up really since the beginning of the draft process, and it's good reason. they Chargers offense overall, it's it been pretty good. Mike Williams is a great deep threat. Uh, Keenan Allen is obviously losing a step, but whatever he can be, you know, he's more of a short to mid game kind of guy. And they really were missing a true downfield speed threat. And that's exactly what Zay Flowers is. He's small. He's about five, nine, but he can absolutely fly. He creates separation um, with his speed. He's not necessarily a, a super refined route runner. Um, and, but I think he's just such a great fit. I don't even know if he's necessarily, because what, he's the second receiver off the board here. I don't know if he's necessarily the second best receiver, but he is just such a good fit because he his the flaws to his game are clear. He's not a jump ball guy. He's not someone that you're high-pointing balls to. Um, and that's okay because it really diversifies their offense, gives them that deep threat, because they don't need him to necessarily, you want him to be a superstar, but the way their offense is constructed, it's giving them more levels, and it's going to unlock the offense, even if that doesn't necessarily mean he's the best receiver in this class. I think it's just such a strong fit for the Chargers. Yeah, I I heavily agree with that. I I think there's two routes that could have gone. I think it's either this or B. John Robinson. Both are unlocking that offense, like you said. Um, I really like Zay Flowers because it's like they don't have a receiver who can legitimately beat man coverage on a consistent basis, and they it kills them. It kills that offense. Herbert has no one to throw to when when teams will man you down or bracket. Um, so yeah, I, I think Zay Flowers is like he's beating your slot corner in man coverage. He's too shifty. Uh, pick number twenty two. This is not a guy that I have been high on, but I think it's a guy that NFL GMs are going to be higher on than I am. That's Deontay Banks out of Maryland, and I think that this pick makes too much sense. Marcus Peters, to me, seems like he is on his way out of the door. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but I believe he is a current free agent, Marcus Peters. Um, I think he is. I could not. Oh, I can check. Okay. If if not, he is going to be soon. Um, Baltimore needs a cornerback, and Banks is a project for sure. He's very athletic, checks the size boxes. Um, I am not a fan of him because I don't think he is that good in press. I think he has some technique issues. I don't think he plays the ball all too well. But if I had to bet on one spot to develop him, it'd probably be Baltimore. I think that their cornerback development is really, really strong. Placing him behind Marlon Humphrey, I think, is going to do wonders for his man coverage. Um, and keeping the hometown kid in Maryland, I, I think, is going to be really good. Um, I, I like thanks to to Baltimore. I've been mocking that in almost all of my mock drafts. So now here I am. I'm on the board with the Minnesota Vikings. And I think the Minnesota Vikings are legitimately one of the strangest teams um, to look at. Because they're clearly not bad. They're clearly not as good as some of the way their run went last year. And there's just so much in limbo. And so my gut is telling me that 
they I think there are better ways that they could use this pick, but I'm having them select Jordan Addison, uh, wide receiver from USC. Um, I don't love Addison as much as the other guys because he's 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 not a big guy. He's small. I mean, he's I want to say he's five eleven or so, so he's not quite Zay Flowers size, but. I just I I don't think he has that incredible separation. He's a he's a fine athlete. I just don't think he's to me I don't see the upside of him being one of the best receivers. And okay, fair. I just said that Zay Flowers is a good complement to the Chargers offense in that way cuz he can be different. But he's not that pure burner. And right now it's literally Justin Jefferson and virtually no one else. Respect to KJ Auburn or Osborne, sorry. Um it's just, I I don't know. This isn't the way I would go. And I, th- this isn't to say Jordan Addison is bad. I just don't think it's probably worth where he's going to, where you're going to be taking here. He, there's nothing he can really, he's, he doesn't, no physicality in terms of run blocking, which do, doesn't really matter, just worth noting. Um, and he struggles against, strong press and and corners that are really physical. He's not a physical guy. And so that's kind of my concern with Addison, but I think he can be a productive, you know, second secondary guy. I think he can be a productive receiver. I just don't see the wide receiver one upside exactly with Addison. Yeah. I I think I like that. Um, I am going to do another trade here. I think I am. I'm going to stick with the evens. I am going to send pick 24 to Philadelphia and have Jacksonville move back to 30. Um, I think with Jacksonville, like their, their GM Trent Balky bows to the altar of arm length. And I think right here, there aren't any like really lengthy guys. I I could have traded up and have him gone Joey Porter. Um, There's other guys that I could have gone with, but I I don't think there's going to be anyone right here that they really love. Um, Philadelphia at pick 24. I am going to have them pick, where is he? Elijah Cansey out of Pitt. If I can find him. There we go. Okay. Elijah Cansey out of Pitt. I think that he is probably the best interior pass rusher in this class, besides Jalen Carter, obviously. Um, he's pretty undersized. He's only 280 pounds, uh, but he is so quick. He's so twitchy from the inside. Uh, and I think he gives you a lot of flexibility. If you want to bulk him up, I think that's going to help him in the run game a little bit more. He's not a very great run defender right now. And especially if he plays as far inside as he did in college, he's going to take on double teams and just be completely washed out of the play. He's not someone who can create when a double team is against him. Um, I I don't think he's an incredible run defender, but oh my God, this dude will get to the quarterback so often and so quickly during a play. Uh, I I think, again, this makes sense for Philadelphia because, like, I talked about it in my last pick when I had them get Paris Johnson. They don't have a ton of holes, but they have aging vets that they need to plan for their departure. Um, They have a lot of them on the offensive line, obviously. That's why I went with Paris Johnson. They also have a lot of them on the defensive line. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, very good players, but very old players. They need to start getting athletic bodies into the room and I think Canty is going to be the guy to do that because he shows a lot of promise in terms of getting to the quarterback from the interior and you kind of have time to figure out what you want to do with him do you want to size him down play him at an edge rusher maybe maybe not an edge rusher but like more of like a five or six technique um I I really like this pick I, I think Philly would th- this would be a, a great draft from Philly if they could land 
Johnson and Cansey for their future. Those are both guys that I would bet on for their sake. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is kind of their beginning to avoiding their rebuild if they can develop these rookies quickly. Um, so now I'm on the board with the New York Giants. They just paid Daniel Jones a bag. And if you're going to do that, I think you probably want to get some better playmakers. And I, I mean, no disrespect to Wandell Robinson, Isaiah Hodges, and, and Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard too, Darius Lane. They got, they got plenty of secondary guys, but I think they can use – I think wide receiver makes a lot of sense here. And so I have them taking Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU. Um, big thing with Johnston, it was disappointing. He ended up, I want to say TCU listed him at 6'4", 6'5", and then he measured in at like 6'2", which was pre- pretty unfortunate given the way he plays because he's a very physical jump ball kind of receiver. But that's not all he is. He's also very... Um, explosive with the ball in his hands. If you're giving it to him underneath, he's capable of making big plays, uh, using his physicality with as a run after catch mechanism. Um, he is not like the greatest athlete ever, and he's not. It's hard to explain. He's not a pure burner, but he's a he's a fun and solid mix of that. He can be physical and is capable of. You you can't you can't. I don't even know know the best way to put it, but he's capable of beating you deep with his speed. He just isn't a Zay Flowers, which is, I mean, I could not have been as poorly concise as I just was, but um, the thing about him is he's not great at catching the football, to be honest with you. He's, you know, you put him in those jump ball situations and he makes a lot of those awesome plays, but he has a lot of just concentration drops, which is an issue you can't it's going to be very hard to translate because if nothing else when you're doing that in the nfl you just are going to lose confidence and then when you lose confidence you make more of those um and he's not a refined route runner as of now i think a lot of times in college he was able to kind of work off of the fact that he could kind of just box out guys and make it work so i think he definitely is a little rough around the edges but i think the upside is there for quentin johnson and i i like new york as a fit yeah, I, I really like that. And I would have heavily considered him at this pick 26 for Dallas if he was on the board, uh, but obviously he's not. I am going with Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid for Dallas. They just lost Dalton Schultz in free agency, and I think they're going to be looking for a guy to replace him with. I still think that they are in the need for receiving options. Obviously, CD's a beast, and they did just trade for Brandon Cooks, but I think they want someone who can kind of take the top off a of defense a little bit more. And honestly, at this point on the board, receivers included, Dalton Kincaid is the best receiving option. I think he's someone who can do a really good job of sneakily getting past linebackers and and stretching the field pretty heavily. And he's a really good replacement for Dalton Schultz. because I think he's a reliable receiver, doesn't add as much in the blocking game. And I honestly am not too sure how much Dallas is valuing that in their tight ends. Uh, but this is the best tight end on the board. It's feel it's filling a real hole, and I think this is going to expand their offense a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid to Dallas. Got it. This puts me in an interesting spot. I'm picking with the Buffalo Bills at 27, and I don't know if this is exactly how to come to fruition, but I think this is a viable landing spot, and I think 
no at some point, regardless of fit wise, like I think a lot of times when I'm constructing a mock draft, and it's probably the same for Jackson. Um, this guy tends to fall out of the first round. But Bijan Robinson is getting taken by someone in the first round. And the way that this board has set it up, I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be Buffalo. Um, but here I'm I am gonna take him for Buffalo. Bijan Robinson is a bona fide stud. He uh, is really an all-around fantastic running back. He he's a incredible athlete. Um, not you know incredible athlete, but not without sacrifice without sacrificing size. He's not a super small guy. He's strong size. Um, he can beat you on the outside. He can rush between the tackles to get it done. He's a solid solid pass catcher. Overall, he's a very very good running back. Um, I just think the league has understood that running backs aren't to be valued that high and that taking one in the first round is generally, or at least I think to me, taking one in the first round is generally malpractice. Um, but definitely taking one early on, like a top 10 running back is, is crazy. And I'm not, I think Bijan is good. I think, he, I think he's very good. I just, I don't think he's necessarily, he's sometimes hyped up as a generational guy. I don't know if he's quite a generational guy. I think he's really good. But it's not to the point where you're going to take him. It's like, oh, I don't care that he's a running back. I'll take him top 10 because he's that good. Um, I think he's good, and I think he'll be a successful running back in the NFL. But I am going 27 to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills could clearly use a better running back. I think there are be- possibly other ways that they could allocate this pick. Like, I mean, they they really need some DB depth. And I know they, I know they signed Damian Harris, but D- Damian Harris and James Cook aren't going to necessarily deter you from from drafting Bijan Robinson. So I don't love it, but Bijan Robinson to Buffalo. I am really mad at that because I I would have loved him at pick twenty eight to Cincinnati, especially with all the Joe Mixon stuff. But Sorry. I will be forced to adjust. Oh, it's I forgive you. Um. Pick 28, I am going to go with DeWan Jones from Ohio State. Uh, last offseason, it was very clear after the Super Bowl season that Cincinnati's offensive line needed some serious revamping. And they, to, to the, the front office's credit, they did a great job of fully committing to that. They made some really big moves. They went out and got Leo Collins. They went out and signed Alex Kappa. Um, but it obviously didn't work. Leal Collins was released after this one season. Uh, I do think they're going to do it again. They already went and got Orlando Brown from the Chiefs. I think grabbing Dewan Jones for the right tackle spot uh, is is a good move for them. My issue is like this is going to be the biggest tackle duo in probably NFL history. Dewan, like there's legitimate questions of is this dude actually like 400 pounds now? Uh, he is he's massive and obviously Orlando Brown is one of the biggest tackles in the league you're gonna have trouble probably defending the pass rush against those wide nines but obviously I'm I, I'm really not too worried about it I think his tape does speak first rounder to me um, I, I like Dewan Jones and I think that this is another case of Cincinnati is fully committing to their problem because they've shown that they've already can do that uh, and if you get speedy edge rushers that come around and win with their bend i trust joe burrow to get by that i've seen him step up in the pocket on that many many times when jonah williams would lose however many battles that he would lose um in a a given set of reps joe burrow is such a good pocket passer that he's going to get the ball out really quickly 
And so I think if that's something you're worried about, it probably shouldn't be because I think Dewan Jones is going to do a very good job in the running game. I think he's going to do a very good job against those who try to convert speed to power on him. Any kind of bull rush, I don't think they're going to win. I think most of the time Dewan Jones is going to win those powerful rushing reps. You have a guy who's kind of ripping through with Ben on the outside. I raise an eyebrow to that, but I think I'm willing to take those other wins. Fair enough. Uh, so I'm on the clock now with New Orleans at pick 29. And I I like this pick a lot. I wouldn't say I ran to the podium to get this in, but with him still on the board, I love this value. Um, that's edge rusher Nolan Smith from Georgia. Um, he doesn't have – he's not as big as someone like – we saw Van – I took Van Ness at 19 and – you know, obviously, when you're talking about an edge rusher, you got, you know, there's value to being a bigger guy. He's undersized. He's closer to, what, 6'2", 235 or so um, off the top of my head. But he I, Yeah, is, I think I think the comment was like 238. Yeah, he is a stunning athlete with possibly the highest motor in this class up there with my guy, Brian Branch. Um, he... At bare minimum, even if he's struggling, he'll maybe struggle to acclimate to the game. You are going to get 110% effort from that guy. He is going to give you all he has. And that's the thing is, he can make plays sideline to sideline with that speed and that motor. He, um, I mean, obviously he he's coming back. I don't know. I, he, do you know, is he going to be ready for the, do we know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season coming back from his uh, injury? I think he is. I mean, he he tested at the uh, at the combine, so he he must have at least most of his health. I I would imagine he. Is. I okay that I would think so. I just wanted to confirm. Um, and he's just tenacious in the run game. He can fill that. I just I like I like everything about Nolan Smith. I think that he has an argument to be. I get the size concern. Um, and I get he definitely still has room to improve. But I think if you were to make the argument that he could be as high as edge two, I could listen to it. Um, I don't know if I'll make that argument myself, but I think Nolan Smith is awesome. And I think at 29, that's fantastic value. Yeah, I, I love me some Nolan. He's my edge three right now behind Tyree and Anderson. Um, pick 30 for Jacksonville. I am going to go with Keely Ringo, another Georgia pick. Ringo was a guy that was getting very early first round hype early on in the mock process. He was going somewhere right around the top 10 most of the time and then has really fallen out of that discussion. But I think Jacksonville's going to like him because he checks that size box. He's very fast. He's a fluid mover. He's just technically really poor right now. Uh, but I think that he's someone that you could throw. <laughs> Sorry about that. All good. Um, I think he's someone. I think he's someone that you could throw into that building and kind of hope to develop because I do think that they need cornerback depth. Uh, Shaq Griffin has been kind of a disappointing signing for them, and if I'm not wrong, I think he was released earlier this offseason. I believe so. Um, what is the name of their really good cornerback? Why am I, uh, Campbell something? Ty- uh, yeah. Uh, why? Why Tyson. am I blinking? His name? No, not Whatever. Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tyson, Tyson Campbell. Campbell. Tyson Campbell. I think it is Tyson Campbell. I yeah, from think, Georgia. Dude, from I- Georgia. I feel I feel stupid not knowing this, um, but I'm really high on him. I just think they need more depth alongside him. Uh, if Keely Ringo's your cornerback two going into the season, I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. We've seen projects take 
big leaps like that between training camp and the start of the season. Tariq Woolen was obviously a lovely example of that. Um, and I think like Jacksonville, like I kind of spoke about earlier, I think that there was guys that they would have loved to trade up for. Joey Porter was one. Paris Johnson was probably one, but they flew off the board pretty quickly. Um, and at that point, if you don't love anyone, I, I like the idea of trading back. And I think Ringo at 30 is pretty good value for them. So that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I think Ringo's a guy that could end up sneaking into the first round. I don't see it. I, I get the physical profile, but he just, he looked very lost. Like he, he, he can, he looked much better in man. And I don't know what Jacksonville's primary, if they're man over zone or vice versa, but he looked consistently lost in zone. He, He's fast, he's ample size, but he just doesn't he doesn't move well with out of zone coverage. It feels like I don't know if it's that he's not picking stuff up or technically poor or some sort of combination. I'm I'm not a Keely Ringo guy, but I, I can see some level of upside to it. Um I have the last pick with the Kansas City Chiefs and I don't know. I was busy readying myself to say that I don't like Keely Ringo. How do I close this off? I think I know the perfect way to close this off. Let me just give me one second. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, This is someone that I personally really don't know a ton about, but he's gotten hype all the way up to maybe the top 10, and I know that Jackson's not a fan of his. Um, I'm going to take Miles Murphy. Uh, edge rusher from Clemson. Uh, I'll defer this to Jackson. I like your Jackson's like, so I really don't have much to say about Miles Murphy. Yeah, uh, Murphy, I, I think if he does fall to 31, I, I think that is a good pick for them because I do think that they need to kind of beef up that defensive line, especially on the outside. Uh, to me, he kind of feels like he's like one of those tweener guys where you don't really know what to do with his size. Do you want to? kind of have him as a hybrid kick-in, kick-out guy? Do you want to size him up and put him inside or slim him down and have him play as a defensive end? Um, I think if I was the Chiefs, that is the option I would go with. I would try to have him as a defensive end because if you look at his tape, all he ever wants to do is win around the outside with bend, and he's not great at it. I think his best move is probably converting speed to speed to power, which you could also do if you're playing out on the end. Um, I, it's, he's a guy to me that I don't like because I feel like he looks very unnatural in most of the things he does. He takes very bad paths to the quarterback. The moves that he chooses just don't make sense. Uh, but if you want to slim him down at edge rusher and say, this is your opportunity to, to use the bend that you so desperately want to use. I, I think this is a good environment for him to do that because you don't really have to worry about the mistakes in the run game that he would make. Chris Jones is clogging up everything on the inside and you have the linebacker core of Leo Chanel, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. This is a team that I really trust to stop the run at a very consistent level. I think you need someone who can get to the quarterback at a consistent basis. Um, and if you want to try and slim Miles Murphy down to edge, I don't think that's a bad call at all. Pick 31 is probably pretty solid value for him given where he's been mocked, like Jeremy said. Um, I, I don't love him as a player. I wouldn't take him in the first round, but I think if you're Kansas City and you want to do that, I don't really hate it. All right, so that 
includes NFL Mock Draft 2.0 first round. Some notable guys that were not selected um, in this first round. Luckily for them, there is more than one round, so I'm certain that they'll be picked in one of the other rounds. Uh, some of the notable guys, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, cornerback Cam Smith, uh, defensive lineman Brian Brissy, uh, offensive tackle Darnell Wright, and a couple of guys that might not necessarily be knocking on the door in terms of on a big board, but positionally I think could go. Uh, I think of the linebackers, Jack Campbell from Iowa or Drew Sanders from Arkansas, John Michael Schmitz, uh, likely the top center on the board. Darnell Washington gets a ton of hype in terms of what he can be as a just physical specimen and glorified off- offensive tackle from tight end. Um, and I, I, I like Siaki Ika. I don't know if I think with the rise of Mozzie Smith and uh, obviously Elijah Kansi has been pretty well regarded for a while. I don't think he'll necessarily be super highly touted. And I guess some of his flaws, he probably won't end up in the first round, but I, I think it's would be worth a pick in the back end. Um, did I miss any other notable snubs? Um, no, I, I like Cam Smith, but I wouldn't call him a notable snub because I think most of the time he does not get mocked in the first round. I would take Cam Smith in the first round, but most of the mocks I've seen, he doesn't go there, so I wouldn't call him a snub. Um, I think that's probably... Oh, uh, what's his name? Did Broderick go? I don't think Broderick went in the first no, round. No, that's what, that's what Broderick was my first snub. Oh, oh, I didn't hear you say that. Okay, no. yeah, I, I think you covered it then. Um, I mean, Will McDonald... Is someone that I've yeah. seen get mocked towards the back end. Um, other than that, I mean, safety's really like not. I don't really see any world where there's a second safety that goes in the first round. Skinner, Jail Skinner. Yeah, Boise he's State. not going to the Legend. first round. No, I I don't <laughs> see it. Um, I guess one of the guys that depending on who you're talking, I mean, I love I love Hendon Hooker. Cool guy, cool story. Think he can be like a solid mid-tier guy, high-end backup, low-end starter. But I don't see it in the first round, and I don't see <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, I don't – a lot of people have him to Minnesota at 23, and I don't get it. They have a lot of other flaws on their roster, and I don't – See how if you don't believe in Kirk Cousins, which, okay, fair, Kirk Cousins probably has a limited ceiling. I don't know if Hendon Hooker is the answer to that. And I don't, that that's not meant to be slander to Hendon Hooker. I, again, I think he's a perfectly fine guy. He's just an older guy where it doesn't make sense for him to, if you view him as like a franchise guy, you take him in the first round, he should, might as well be starting as soon as he can. There's no point of, to me, letting him sit. He's going to be... 30 when he's you have to pick decide on his fifth year option or or roughly so i don't see the fit there and i think coming off of injury i just don't love it i i i think hendon hooker is like my quarterback like nine or ten or something i I do not like hendon hooker at all i think like nothing about him makes sense drafting him on the first two days like you said like the age is really high coming off an acl tear when you have a project that's not going to be in the building for training camp that really sucks, dude. You that you're missing out on so much opportunity to kind of start molding him. And he didn't really run a real offense at Tennessee. I, I just I don't see division with Hooker like at all. Okay, so if you have him at like QB nine, who are, what? So I assume you have guys like I would e- say I I have to think about it. I think I would have I think I would have uh I think I would have Jaron Hall over him. I would have 
McKee over him. I would have Jake Hayner over him. BTR. Uh, probably Clayton Toon. I don't know if I'm missing. If That's what? Was that 10 guys that I named? Uh, I wasn't counting. Because obviously it, it's obviously no, top four. No, I don't know. I, I was in no O'Connell's a guy that's in that conversation. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't. I'm not familiar with O'Connell at all. I just, I just don't think Hendon Hook. I would. He's off my draft board if I'm a team. Fair enough. I, let me tell you. I was talking to Jags about it the other day, and I think in general, drafting a quarterback on like rounds three through five or so, I, I think that's not wise because I think a lot of the it just. It often the upside isn't necessarily there. I feel like in some like the Jets took James Morgan in the fourth round. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Even at I, that I, time, I, yeah. it was insane. Um, I think I think there are some second round. I, I actually I don't even think second round quarterback. I think it's like the first round caliber quarterbacks are good, and even the guys who you probably have a second round grade on would probably slip into the first just because the positional value is so high. I I think it's good process to take some in like the sixth or seventh round. Like, I think some of last year's quarterbacks I would have justified taking in that spot because it's like they lack so much as, like, they, they do not have the nuances to become, like, a high-level quarterback. But if you want to, like, mess with that athleticism that late in the draft, that's not something I would really be against. Like, I, I would have taken a Malik Willis in probably the sixth or something like that. But, yeah, I, I agree. Those, like, mid-round quarterbacks I feel like is just – very low marginal benefit from that. Yeah, I just don't think the value is there. But with all of that being said, whatever team drafts Jake Hayner, it doesn't matter where it is, whoever drafts Jake Hayner, they won the draft because Jake Hayner is the biggest dog I've ever seen. And he, I love Jake Hayner. One way or another, he's going to find Dude, himself I think starting I've seen, somewhere. I've seen, some serious, I've seen some serious Jake Hayner hype lately. I have One of my friends on Twitter said he likes Jake Hayner more than he likes Will Levis. I mean, watch him. I've seen more. I have, I have not watched him. I, I might have to, though, because like he, he seems Jake, like he's kind of emerging. Watch Jake Hayner versus UCLA 2021. It is okay. the, it is the biggest dog performance he got. He was getting absolutely blown up. I feel like he might have ruptured kidneys, and he 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 they managed to win at the Rose Bowl. It was, it was magical. So Jake, okay, I will I Jake, will keep that Jake worth the hype, regardless of where he's picked, regardless of what I just said process wise. If he's picked in those middle rounds, worth it. Um. So before we head out, I'll just go over all the picks real quick. Uh, Bryce Young first off the board to Carolina. Will Anderson Jr. to Houston. Tennessee moves up to pick number three and selects Anthony Richardson. C.J. Stroud, quarterback, goes to Indianapolis. Seattle, Jackson gets his guy, defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Detroit finds their cornerback in Christian Gonzalez. Vegas gets maybe their answer at quarterback, Will Levis. New England moves up to snag Peter Skaronsky. Chicago gets uh, half-man, half Beast. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, Tyree Wilson, Philly gets Paris Johnson, Arizona moving back. They select Joey Porter Jr. Houston, they don't have a quarterback, but they have a receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. My New York Jets, please let it happen. They take Brian Branch. Um, Atlanta moving back, they take Adebore. Um, I'm not going to try to say his first name, but Adebore. Um, then Ed Rusher. 
Green Bay gets themselves a tight end, Michael Michael Mayer. Uh, Devon Witherspoon, cornerback, is the pick for Washington. Anton Harrison uh, to Pittsburgh. Mozzie Smith to Detroit. Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher to Tampa Bay. Seattle takes Osiris Torrance, the interior offensive lineman. Zay Flowers, it was always the Chargers. It was always Zay Flowers, match made in heaven. Uh, Baltimore takes cornerback Deontay Banks. Minnesota takes USC's Jordan Addison. Philly moves up from 30 to select Kalijah Cansey. Giants get a receiver, Quentin Johnston. Dalton Kincaid from Utah goes to the Dallas Cowboys. Bijan Robinson, first running back and only running back off the board this round, to Buffalo. Dewan Jones trying to fix Cincinnati's offensive line problem. Will it ever be fixed? Probably not. Uh, Nolan Smith to New Orleans. Jacksonville, after trading back, select Keely Ringo, the cornerback. And Kansas City concludes it with Jackson Powers' favorite edge rusher from Clemson, Miles Murphy. Prospect number one. I I really like how that turned out. I do. I agree. I agree. My my only I, I'm kicking myself for, for going hasty and getting Gonzalez over having Houston trade up for Levis, but we ball. I mean, yeah, but if I was Houston, I I mean I, I I'm not a Levis guy at all. I Yeah, I, I just I think that's probably I think from what I have seen, I think they're higher on Levis than most people. And I, I respect that. If you are really high on him, you want to go up and grab him, do what you got to do, especially if he's going to be the fourth guy off the board. But Yeah, yeah, you got to get your guy. If you're in on him, you move up. You're not going to let it sit. But mm-hmm. I like – I just think overall, I mean, it's a good mix of some chalk and some variants. Mm-hmm. Adebore is a good one. I think New England moving up isn't I haven't seen talked about that much necessarily. Um that, yeah, that one I'm like I, I'm I'm iffy on that one because like New England I feel like never moves up. They always have some obscure prospect that they love, like obviously the Cole Strange pick last year. But this one I think makes like more sense because he is in their range, and I think it still is obscure because they're gonna be one of the only teams looking at him as a tackle. Yeah. Um I don't know. I like this. I mean, to like a mock draft this far out doesn't really mean anything. And to like a mock draft the night before the draft doesn't really mean anything because the NFL, for all of the months of preparation, for all of the scouting, whatever, outside stuff, it random stuff happens. The NFL is way, like the NBA, there's definitely some variance to it, and you'll see some interesting picks. But the NFL is really where you're like, dang. I did not think he would go here, and with just some of the different trade-ups, I, I don't know. That's something I really like about the NFL draft. I feel like just watching the NFL draft is a, is a fun thing, and maybe that's just, I'm not an NBA guy, yeah, so the NBA I draft doesn't really do it for me, but I like that the NFL draft itself is a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like I like, yeah, I, I I like eating some pizza or some wings or something, watch the NFL draft. Look at my mock draft that I probably wrote the night before on the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wixsite.com backslash home and just crossing out all the ones I get wrong. It's just a good time. Yeah. I always, uh, I have a tradition with some of my friends where they, I usually host, 
where they'll come over. Everyone has to wear a jersey of their favorite team and then duct tape the name with the prospect that you want. That is awesome. Yeah. So I think I'll be be rocking it. If you if you can make your way down to the mountains this year, okay, I will uh, I will see to it. Because I can, uh, I can repurpose. I have my Jamal Adams jersey that has not been moved in my closet in a long <laughs> time, so I can, I can repurpose that one easily. I just got a Sauce Gardner jersey, but I think the Jamal Adams. Oh one yeah, would be that's perfect. not one you want to risk duct tape. Yeah, with. I think Jamal yeah. Adams is the one that I'm gonna repurpose. Yeah, I think that's probably the right call. I do that with my Russ jersey, so. You, you go to the bottom of the barrel for it. And I think I'll probably be rocking a Jalen Carter jersey this year. Not surprising. I'd be want, I, I think I could I could throw my Alabama jersey and put the Brian Branch on the back. That would be that would be pretty just, sick, actually. I'm all Brian Branch, man. Um before yeah. we get out of here, I gotta give props. A lot of times the people I have on here, I, I don't need to give them shout outs. I'll ask them if they have any plugs or anything, and they usually say no. But Jackson does have some plugs, so I'm gonna do it for him. JPow NFL on TikTok and Twitter. Yep. And if you go to his fantastic YouTube page, it is just Jackson Powers. I think. I think that's right. Yeah. I, I think it, if you search up Jack Jackson Powers JPow NFL, you'll find you'll find your way one way or another. Definitely worth. A follow, especially on Twitter. I learn a lot from Jackson when he's doing his film breakdowns. I don't tell him that because I don't need him to think that he's more <laughs> than what he is. But it's very interesting. Him breaking down film, he's very insightful. And yeah. I also have my own plugs before Jackson says thanks for my fan my very kind words. Uh I already mentioned the Redshirt <laughs> blog, the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wix site backslash home. Articles are coming out consistently in terms of uh the draft i'll probably have some more stuff up as we get closer i'll definitely have a final mock draft right before the draft um got some college basketball content coming shortly and you you can always be waiting for baseball the podcast you're listening to it the redshirt podcast on spotify again expect some more draft stuff um as we get closer to draft day the instagram at the dot redshirt we got some updated graphics these days Pretty sweet graphics. Might entice you to read or listen. Or not. Because if you were reading and listening, you were probably doing it anyways. But it looks cooler. <laughs> uh, and the Twitter, at the Red Shirt blog. I think that's all I have to say. Jackson, thank you very much for joining. Thank you for having me. And that will just about conclude this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. We will see you guys next time.